0: Frank, I can't believe we made it to episode 320 of this little podcast that has grown into a big podcast where people actually listen to us. And Frank, every 10 episodes, we sit down and we spend about 45 minutes coming up with six topics that we want to cover in five minutes each. And then we cover them in less time than it took us to actually come up with the topic list.
1: You would think at 320 episodes, we'd be really good at the lightning rounds, but I think we just keep getting worse at them and picking topics. But we got a good set this week somehow. Our struggles are worth it. And it is kind of fun every 10 episodes being able to take a take a look back and and just have, have a little bit more fun. I am surprised. I think I know... F- four to five out of all all of the uh, topics we've chosen. And I'm a little curious what they're all going to be. So this is going to be an exciting show, everyone. Lightnings, we're going to take each one. I think the best part is we just can't digress too far on each one. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. And during these, we also tried to listen to all of our amazing listeners. Thank you very much for listening, because you can hit us up on Twitter, on our Discord, or just leave a comment anywhere or send us an email at merchconflict.fm. And we will read those and we apply those topics here. Some of these we did, some of these we didn't, but you can always write in and we'll totally cover them. So the first one that I want to get to, Frank, is a really cool tweet thread That uh, was kicked off by our good friend, Steve Troughton-Smith, that you responded to. And you also had an interesting response to it. But I want to give this hot take, if you will, from Steve. Uh, Steve says, Apple's unforgiving schedules do not have the capacity to pull off something like Swift UI without dramatically lowering the quality and reliability of its apps. The tech is coming from the wrong place and being pushed for all the wrong reasons. It is not product first and it shows. Thoughts? Oof. I had so many thoughts when I read that tweet.
1: Number one being, God, I love the passion in the Mac community. You know, who's (laughs) passionate about user interfaces? Mac people are passionate about user interfaces. So um, uh, Stephen uh, Trout smith he's well known for building uh, nice looking UIs and having opinions on how they should all work. And I think it just comes from a very high standard. Um, The the next operating system that modern Macs have been built on was built by people who loved UIs and knew how to build UIs very well. And that tradition continued on through Mac. I switched over to Apple because I always loved Apple UIs. So there is a high standard to be met. And I think his tweet, if we remove the, you know, the, the, the poking and the taunting a little bit, I love to add poking and taunting to my tweets, but if we remove that, it's basically just saying... Swift UI is super young. It's not growing up as fast as we would like to see. And there are so many glaring obvious bugs. It's kind of hard and embarrassing to release apps under it um, without doing a lot of workarounds. And actually, I don't even want to pick on Swift UI. Even like Mac Catalyst has, oh my God, so many bugs on Mac. And it has nothing to do with .NET or anything. It's just, you know, the framework. Uh, I agree. Um, it turns out building UI frameworks is really hard.
0: It's very true. You know, when you look at, at building UI frameworks, no matter what it is over time, they take years and years t- of time to not only perfect, but also to smooth out the rough edges and also make them flexible enough to build all the things that all the people want to build, right? So if you look at React Native, you look at Flutter, you look at Xamarin Forms, you look at Don .mau, you look at SwiftUI, you look at Avalon, you look at Uno, Like, look at all of these things, all of them. Right? Every single cross-platform thing, which Swift UI is a cross-platform UI technology, may I add, that Apple mm-hmm. is building for themselves, that it takes a big engineering team, it takes a whole lot of testing, and it takes tons of feedback. And it takes feedback from every developer, not just only for those, but when you think about it, how many years has UI Kit, has uh, uh app kit, has yeah. WPF, uh, Winforms, you know, all of these. UI frameworks, Android UI, like all of these things have had 10, 15, 20 years of of smoothing out. So the question is, are they not moving fast enough? Or is it, hey, this stuff just takes a long time. And for some people today, it's going to be great. But for some people, you may need another five years for it to mature.
1: And, it, and it's time and place too. If Swift UI is what we were given in 2008 to build mm. iOS apps, it'd be a whole different game. Because, um, it's so much more powerful than even UIKit was back then. UIKit had very humble beginnings. UIKit grew into this gigantic thing with view controllers that no one knows how to use a view controller anymore. But um, time moves on, and now we have higher expectations. So when you release an alternative UI framework, you have to be compatible with some of the old ones. And so I took a little exception to him, I'm saying. Um his analogy wasn't quite right. What was his analogy? Remind me.
0: Whose analogy?
1: Stevens in the original tweet.
0: Um, That the tech is coming from the wrong place, being pushed for all the wrong reasons. It's not product first and it shows.
1: That's his statement, not
0: the analogy. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, the next tweet after that, because there's another tweet is Swift is Apple's Longhorn.
1: There it is. There it is. Okay. So, I took a little exception to that because I worked on Longhorn. <laughs> there you go. Which is Vista and,
0: by the way, for people who don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry everyone. Longhorn was the code name for Vista. Uh whatever. Vista is not actually Longhorn. They're two different products. There was a product reset. Vista is not Longhorn, but technically Okay. Okay. Forget it. Ignore it. <laughs> My where I think um, I don't like that analogy is because uh, working on WPF back then, which is long, was uh, we were trying to be compatible. We were just trying to provide a better API than what uh, WinForms at the time. Mm. And whereas like something like Swift UI is a whole different API. It, it has its one compatibility layer with UIKit, but otherwise it's not compatible. You can put views in it, but that's about it. It doesn't tap into every feature of UIKit. So th- there was a difference. And I posted um, that I didn't like your analogy. And then who replied to me not saying that my uh, they didn't like my <laughs> the analogy?
0: Uh, Mr. Steven Sanofsky, uh, who worked also on... Uh, Windows Vista as well on Longhorn. <laughs> so there's that. In fact, he was the uh, yeah. head of the Windows division during that time, I believe.
1: No, not during that time. After that time. After so that time. after Vista, Sanofsky took over Windows. And Sanofsky released the important Windows 8, Windows RT, Windows 7 also. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh and and th- those were big products because those were basically the birth of uwp what became uwp later on yeah uh transitional technologies and uh it was just exciting james that's all it was yeah. um basically um my bosses 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 bosses, bosses <laughs> <laughs> replied to my tweet you know 10 years later and all that kind of fun stuff it's fun it is, you know, Twitter can be an absolutely terrible place. But when something like this happens, when um, I'm just, you know, just mouthing off on Twitter <laughs> and then someone you actually respect replies to you and I, I still can't fully tell if they agree with me or disagree with me. But you know what? Either way, Steven Sinofsky wrote a tweet to me and I'm very happy.
0: Yeah, I think your analysis was that Swift UI is Apple's UWP, which does make a lot more sense when you think of Swift UI, it is really the apple the universal apple platform or whatever because it's 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 there now the thing with swift ui is that is that it isn't i, th- I think it's not tied to the operating what is tied to the operating system but anyway oh, i think it's it is more t- more more attuned to uwp where it's like hey build one ui and it works everywhere right now the thing with uwp is it's across all versions of Windows, right? And what is Swift UI? It's across all places that Apple hardware works. Whereas .NET MAUI and UNO and all these other things, or here's a cross-platform thing that works across all of these different operating systems across all of these different companies. And that's a very different thing in general. Um, you know, you, you talked about WPF and I'm a big WPF fan. I spent a lot of time in WPF uh, in general. And I think, you know, it's a fascinating journey that as operating, operating systems progress and these UI things progress, how do you move with the cheese how do you move those things around at the same time so else I'll, I'll put a link to it in the the tweet thread that's in here uh for for folks to follow along uh as well but i'm i'm very proud of you i like when i like when people respond to my tweets um that i'm like oh <laughs> i did not see that coming that is pretty fancy and i like it so there's that that's
1: how they keep you coming back in now i'm now i'm always going to be looking for that uh, dopamine hit of Steven yeah. Sinofsky <laughs> replying the, to me. The, the question will be <laughs> is
0: if you reply to him again and then he replies to you again, now you guys are best friends. Now, okay, let's move <laughs> on to something else that actually really closely, I'm, I'm going with a thread here of things that closely align until the very end, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a journey that we're going on. So let's bring it to, um, I, want, I want to bring up this topic because I want to know if you think it's the right move or the wrong move. And I'm pretty sure that this rumor has been officially I think it's official. And if I'm not, then please let me know. But this just came out like a week ago, which was Apple is delaying iPad OS 16 until the launch, until October. And that means they'll also delay the new iPads until that time as well, because they need more engineering efforts toward towards it in general. So this is really fascinating. Like, Apple like doesn't hardly ever delay anything ever. You know what I mean? And apparently it's due to stage manager, which apparently is a feature everybody hates <laughs> in general. <laughs> but I want to I get your thought on this is, should they have delayed iPad OS 16 or should they just cut features? You know what I mean? Like, what's the right move here? Because this is very, like, non-Apply in, in a very fascinating way.
1: I think Stephen Tron Smith also tweeted about this. He did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, good for them. Yes. Do that. Uh, I... I this whole let's force a release of software all the time so that mm-hmm. we can have constant stand-up meetings and keep people under constant pressure. I, I, I get it. The idea was to, if we do regular releases, and then we won't have these giant buildups. And then people won't be working overtime to do those final releases. But I think the the other side is, sometimes some features need longer to bake. You know, <laughs> talking about uh, Longhorn. Longhorn, we worked on Longhorn for five years, and then people decided they didn't like where it was going, and they hit the reset button and created Vista. It's, it's, it, those things can happen. Uh, so I don't think you should have a five-year release. Mm. But if if you're going to miss the one-year release by a month and it's going to improve the product, absolutely do it. Now, the specific thing, I don't have much experience. I haven't been doing um, this much. So this is the feature where you get the windowing mode on the iPad, right? Yeah. When you use an external screen. I really, really, really should be testing all my apps in that because I do a bit of multi-windowing stuff in my apps, but a lot of my apps haven't adopted the noon scene delegate stuff. So in that case, it's it's pretty simple how it's going to behave. Hmm. Uh, but if you do have multiple scenes or if you do have external display support, you should be testing I haven't been testing. I don't have a strong opinion on. I've I've heard people say it's terrible. It's the worst. But then I'm like, are these Mac people saying it's terrible and the worst because they have really high standards? And so I don't have myself an opinion. But in general, yes, delay, go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've not used this feature either, and it is also on Mac OS uh, too, which apparently people say it's pretty okay on Mac OS. <laughs> I think it's a little okay. more optional, which is just funny in general. But well, okay, yeah. You know. I, i'm
1: sorry I, I think one big part of the thing is they're trying to do the nice windows thing where you can snap windows to the side and snap them over here and snap them there there's apple is still frustrated in how to transition from the ipad ui to the mac ui they're still playing around with that and it just sounds like uh they haven't quite hit the mark yet
0: yeah this to me is like completely reasonable now the real question comes down to if they're going to delay the actual hardware and like what that will look like so you're like i get this brand new thing and then i don't have the new OS because that's sort of their shtick right which is like hey we're releasing new devices that takes advantage of the new os and oh not going through that upgrade system as well
1: well okay this sounded like a software only feature and if this is delaying hardware then I, I'm i'm gonna revise it wow this is why you shouldn't hire me i'm changing my mind in this giant corporation but uh, uh, just punt, just punt. You know you don't have to release the software you don't have to release that feature with the operating system. They do this all the time. They release the feature in the point2 or the point4. Uh, it's humbling. Maybe they're frustrated with doing that. Is it actually tied to the hardware, or is it just delaying the hardware?
0: I'm not positive, and And neither of those may be true. Like There may be no yeah. delay here. There's just hypothetical situations, right? That this may happen. So the real thing comes down to this, which is um, I agree with you that this would make sense. Don't hold up hardware. Also don't hold up software. If you, If it's one feature that's not ready, put that in a point release. Now, the other thing could be, they've gone too far, right? There's too much stuff in main and you can't back mm. it out. Like that would yeah. be the other, like the engineers are like, Ugh. like there's not a feature flag, right? So the importance of this story is use feature flags.
1: I was going to say that that's a, that's on them too. There should have been a UI button that's like turn this stupid feature off and that should have yeah. like turned off all of it. Like we do this all the time. You ship with the feature in the code of the app, but you just don't give the UI for it. And then it's not there. If there's no UI for it, it doesn't exist. So that's funny that they weren't able to just remove the UI for it. It must (laughs) be really pervasive. (laughs) It must
0: really be pervasive at some fundamental stage (laughs) for them to do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we just got down to it right there. I think we just hit it.
0: (laughs) Someone made a mistake Uh, and you can't cherry pick remove it. That is for sure. Okay.
1: Well, you know what? I thought iPads came out in the spring anyway so just to make my knowledge of how the calendar works better i say delay the ipad too yeah (laughs) maybe
0: and maybe maybe there is no new ipad who knows i don't know anything about the release schedule
1: ipads are always in the spring i don't know why like yeah that makes sense
0: yeah it can't be it can't be this fall iphones are the fall not this yeah yeah so anyways feature flag your huge changes (laughs) apple all right now let's move on to some.net news we got four.net news stories to talk about, first and foremost, the one that I am really excited about because it aligns with some of our early talks of Windows, Vista, Windows 7, Windows you know 10, Windows 11 now, is there is a brand new version, Frank, of the .NET framework.
1: Framework? They still make that thing?
0: <laughs> Did you know, Frank, that it ships with every single version of Windows? Like when you install Windows, it's in the <laughs> box, Frank. And forever it you has know four dot eight forever it's been there forever
1: you know that was quite debated in, in the early days no one could quite decide if they were going to put dot net in the box it was the longhorn and vista people that said you know what just put the stupid thing in the box so we can write apps <laughs> around it no one wants to be writing apps in c++ anymore we're over it mm-hmm. um congratulations to the is that windows no that's that's devdiv welcome congratulations to devdiv 4.8.1 the coolest feature in this and i think the whole reason they released it i actually that's your theory is it has arm 64 support you told me that and i was like james did they always have ARM64 support? And you're like, no, Frank, no, this has ARM64 support. So that's cool. That's cool. We're, we're all transitioning. Look at us
0: transitioning. <laughs> and, and this is really cool because not only does this is going to be supported on, there's other features in there too, but on Windows 11 specifically, the native support for ARM64 is in there. Now, this is really cool because I have no idea what the engineering work had have gone into it. Maybe it was just a feature flag, like you said, but I have no idea. It's got to be a lot because um, this means that the, the workloads running on ARM64 will get better performance compared to the emulated code, which is like pretty amazing because a lot of stuff runs on .NET Framework, including, Frank, Visual Studio 2022, which now <laughs> also has a native ARM version as well, which means a native ARM version of Visual Studio 2022 and a native ARM version of .NET Framework 481. That's kind of mind boggling. Awesome.
1: (laughs) And thankfully, WinForms can now be an ARM64 app. Yeehaw! (laughs) It's really fun. Um, I'm still, what machines? are are would you say are the biggest hottest windows 11 arm 64 machines like can can you get like um a dev machine class arm 64 machine right now
0: that's a great question so there is the surface pro x which is an arm 64 machine mm. i think that came out last year however microsoft at build did announce and we talked about it i think it's like pro is it project oh Oh, yes something the v1
1: yes now you're reminding me cool yeah so (laughs) i i'm I'm excited to see because i think the, the the macbook air has done so well the m1 and uh the m2 series all those computers have done so well that it'd be fun to see windows machines of that caliber coming in on arm 64 also
0: yeah they haven't announced anything since build but the mm-hmm. whole dream is, you know, building and deploying native ARM 64 apps. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I think it's, it's great, right. You know, in general is ideally we see a whole new series of things just like we saw for M1, right. It's a, it's a new journey to support an, um, an ARM or a, processor type just like we went from x sixty four x yeah x86 x sixty four and now we have arm sixty four the nice thing for a developer my point of view is when I build and deploy my windows application I just check the arm sixty four button yeah. and it just like works you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. and done. So. I love yeah I mean visual studio it should just be a
1: checkbox um but what's the opposite of a checkbox? ci do you know at all can i get like a windows arm 64 ci server i'm just thinking hypothetically if i had an app hypothetically called calca that's compiled for <laughs> forms it would be nice to get an arm 64 version of it do you know if any um specifically github actions ci do they support arm 64 windows james i don't
0: know that's a great question i don't <laughs> think so but that is a <laughs> good <laughs> question it looks like you might have to buy another machine, Frank. That's all I'm saying.
1: Everyone please write in and let me know if I can get a GitHub ARM64. I I can obviously look this up myself. <laughs> but that that would be useful. I mean, now that this is out there, I mean, they sh- should be available. Yeah, should be. Should it should be. I'll be <laughs>
0: interested. Anyways, this is really cool. All right, moving on to even more .net goodness, Frank, because If you're going to run things on ARM64, you might as well also run a little bit of .NET on Linux because why not? Linux, you're saying, oh, it's been there for a while. James, .NET Core, Linux, blah, blah, blah. But what if I told you that .NET 6 is now included in Ubuntu 2204 and can be installed with just a single command, apt install .NET 6, done. I would say,
1: who in the world has updated to (laughs) 22.04? I'm just kidding. I actually just recently, my neural network machine is uh, Ubuntu 22.0.4, and I I was a little crazy because it's pretty bleeding edge. It's probably only a year old, something like that. Uh, This is cool because... Yeah, we we've been able to run .net code on Linux since well the mono days and then with all the .net versions have supported Linux but the install process was always so janky. You had to like mm. install some weird certificates from Microsoft point uh point things to I mean obviously you could you could go to the website and download a zip <laughs> an archive and then decompress that. But the other way was just nasty. Certificates, servers, and all that stuff. So it's really cool to see them in the official Ubuntu repository. You can just... What was the command now? So it's um appgit install, and what's the name? .NET 6. .NET 6. No hyphens, nothing. .NET nope. 6. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. D-O-T-NET 6. There's also dash sdk 6 and there's like runtimes that you can install as well. And boom, it's i be good to go. I'll link to the blog post, of course, there, too. Another the cool part is that there's these new things called chiseled Ubuntu containers. Apparently, this is from um, Canonical. But there's some thing that they call chisel approach to creating containers. I don't know. It's something in this blog post. I don't, I don't know anything about containers. But basically, it reduces the size of the Ubuntu image, the container image, by 100 megs. It's 100 megs smaller, oh, which is okay. crazy. Now apparently, this um, not only is ultra small images. There's no package manager, no shell, non-root, so it like has a bunch of security features as well. But this is pretty cool. This is like a pretty big. This is a pretty big deal. That's what I'm saying. I think this is a big deal. There's a whole thing about Canonical and Microsoft and simplifying down on and Ubuntu and all this stuff. This is pretty. This is a pretty big deal, Frank. Pretty big deal.
1: Yeah. Get. It's 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 getting installed with the OS. It's like what we were saying with Windows, like Windows demons ship with the .NET framework in the beginning. <laughs> so yeah. it's a big deal to actually get it put in there. Um, I I do love the little race, the Docker race to tininess. Uh, there were already those Alpine images, I think you could get uh, with .NET installed, and I love those things. I use those for uh, dev containers inside VS Code all the time, and then I even try to do. A lot of my neural network stuff in a container. That way, you can do all your dependencies and things, and get it all nice, clean, and straight. And for some reason, like I just, I, I think it's Landers, <laughs> <laughs> Landers' influence on me. um Every Docker file I start with, I import one of the .NET Alpine <laughs> <laughs> versions because I'm like, you know what? I'm probably going to want some .NET at some point, so I might as well start with one of those, and then I build up from there. Uh, so I will have to look into these chisel ones, uh, because I think even on like the Raspberry Pi, the Docker containers I use are a couple hundreds of megabytes, maybe five, six hundred megabytes. Mm. So I do wonder uh, how small they've gotten these things. I think they were already pretty small, yeah, but they must even, be like super tiny now, even smaller. Pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> Okay.
0: It's um, fun. I, I love those tiny races. <laughs> yeah. I think so, too. I mean, why not? I mean, that that's the goal. Like, you know, I think of our app size and our installation size and just everything we're using. That's the whole goal is to make it smaller and more powerful and all this stuff at the same time. So, it's easier to install. So, I like it. Um, Next topic. I got two more topics. I think these kind of go online. We're talking about 6. We're talking about 6 and Ubuntu. .NET 6 mm-hmm. also runs on iOS, Android, Mac, and There's an entire UI framework called .NET MAUI. But Frank, what I wanted to talk about is I get this question all the time, which is, hey, does .NET just support iOS and just Android and just Mac? How does .NET MAUI actually work? And like, where did Xamarin go? Because we had Xamarin iOS, Mm -hmm. Xamarin Android, Xamarin Forms, all this this stuff. Frank, what if I told you that they didn't go anywhere? Like, (laughs) they, they didn't go anywhere. Like, they evolved. And now they're just iOS for .NET Android for Mac macOS for .NET. And that, those things is the same, are the same as Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android, Xamarin Mac, but they've been renamed because they run on .NET 6. They're just in the box. They're there when you install the stuff. And that, my friend, is how .NET MAUI, Avalonia, Uno, all these UI, <laughs> per, like they all work at the end of the day. Like when you're building with .NET MAUI, you're just building an iOS or an Android or a Mac application. Well, Mac Catalyst, but you know what I mean. But they're there. <laughs> and to me, that is really neat. Like, granted, we mostly just talk about MAUI as, like, the path. But what you're building is an iOS and Android and a Mac application and, you know, an app at the end of the day. And, of course, Windows with the Windows App SDK of the underlying platform. And to me, that's always been, like, the advantage. is like, the underlying operating system the the packaging system the ui frameworks all the the apis sdks are like there and available to you i just kind of wanted to throw it out there because we talk (laughs) a lot about all the new hotness but if we get down to our roots that's what i developed on forever it was just xamarin android xamarin ios and then xamarin forms came along but like still under the hood are those core underlying platforms and that is really nice because that stuff will always continue to be updated and maintained because that's how .NET MAUI works. Like, it has to be. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. I. You, you said so much. I had like 800 reactions to that. I'll, I'll try to catch <laughs> up with all of them. Uh, it is a little bit funny that Xamarin, that beautiful product, that beautiful thing, became... A workload (laughs) and it's just a work workload install so that that's all that's where it went and but everyone knows that because when you workload install oh my god there's eight thousand files and some of them still say mono and some of them still say xamarin you know they Mm -hmm. haven't cleaned up the names a hundred percent so it's still a little bit obvious you're just downloading it in a funny way uh they did change something so the build scripts are different and there are some incompatibilities there but i am a the kind of person who does native uis i you know, I'm doing my best to switch, do some stuff in Maui, but I love my native UIs. I love programming at that level. And I freaked some people out on Twitch the other day, which was kind of funny. Uh, I had started a .NET 6 console app, just mm-hmm. fine, blah, 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 coding away. And then I'm like, you know what? There's some features of Mac that I want. I went to the project. I changed the target framework in, in the text file from .NET 6.0 to .NET 6.0 hyphen Mac. Literally, that's all you do, and now I have access to Foundation, AppKit, uh, Core ML, five different neural network training <laughs> libraries. <laughs> it's it's amazing what you can get, and all I had to change was put a hyphen Mac at the end of that because it's all baked into the same project build system. Now, what happened is people are like, oh, I, I don't want to build a Mac API or I don't want to do a iOS API. So we built these beautiful cross-platform UI frameworks so you don't have to. But the, all those frameworks are, yeah, they're, they're built on this low-level native support that's just kind of baked in these days. And I'm excited that it's baked in because then we get the Microsoft contract of support, whatever they call that thing, where you can just yell at them and be like, go fix it. I've got products to depend on this.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, go, go, go. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. And, and some, some people ask, well, I have a Xamarin iOS app or Xamarin Android app because hey, well, I started this five, six years ago. I was moving along as things progress. Can I bring it over to .NET six and like, or what's going to happen? The answer is like, your job is easy. Like delete your CS proj, put in a new CS proj. And then all of your other files continue to work. Basically. You know what I mean? like that's pretty For much shit. small apps For sm- yeah. well i mean if if you if your ui is just ui kit and app kit it there shouldn't be any difference between running your app on .NET 6 versus mono correct
1: yeah, correct the runtime yeah. is the same but they chose to break the libraries and the build tools a little bit So there are breaking changes in the libraries. All my apps have been hit by them. And then in the tooling does not support some things. So specifically, um, iCircuit generates thumbnails and Mm -hmm. thumbnails are built with an app extension. And the .NET 6 tooling does not support app extensions right now. So they know (laughs) it's on the list. (laughs) They know we need it. They know we want it. Um, So it's just not there. But. That, that's why I said for small apps. And that that was the wrong way to say it. Um for apps that don't push the actual absolute edges <laughs> of the operating system and what Microsoft was able to implement in the version one, version six, sorry. Yeah. Um but you know, by .NET nine, <laughs> what you just said will be a hundred percent true. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and you and when you go in and do file new, like there is the Xamarin apps, but if you were to just create an Android app, there is literally in Android app and it's built on yep. top of .NET six and when you create it, it's like pick a version of .NET six and go to town there, mm-hmm. boom. So you could look and compare those things side by side. But as we're talking about it, Frank, our last and final topic is literally ju- you just said, which is .NET seven is coming and .NET eight is on the way. Frank, how are you keeping oh up with god. everything? How you do? How you doing there, yeah. Frank? Oh my god,
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing well, James. I'm not. This is too much beta do you remember we do you remember we have our beta summers it's fine for three months we live in a awkward transitional phase where nothing quite works and you're always like what version of what am i supposed to be using it feels like um we have now entered the beta apocalypse it's just betas (laughs) all the way down betas all the time beta summer beta year it's betas okay Uh, In general, I'm excited because I like to see progress. Progress. And .NET 6 was a hard transition for all the reasons I just said. A few build system changes, some API changes. The good news is, .net 7 .net 8 they're kind of just service releases let's all be honest here of course they're adding stuff and we get cool new versions of C sharp and all those fun things but if you take a look at it from the native perspective hmm. it's these are just improvements these are bug fixes and improvements obviously the runtime improves the language improves so these i'm saying that in a good way i should be clear so 7 or yeah 7 and 8 or should be much easier transitions once you've already hopped onto the.NET the .NET 6 bandwagon. Uh, I'm excited for those, but also absolutely terrified that we are just in a perpetual beta time now.
0: Well, here's the thing, Frank. You, while .NET is in a perpetual state of previews and new releases, all this stuff, you don't have to be frank. Here's the best part about it is is that every November you get a new version of .NET and you can upgrade to that version of .NET if you want to. You don't have to, but you can if you want to, Frank. And that's the thing to remember is that you, Frank, don't need... To, you're on .NET 6. If your app's running fine, you don't need to update to other versions of .NET 7 or .NET 8. Unless you need I'm going to disagree something. with you. I don't know. I'm going to disagree mean, with you. I'll tell you this much. I think as a... As a... Mobile developer. Here's the gotcha. Here's the gotcha.
1: I think you got to it. I think you got to my complaint already. You're going to be into it. Here's
0: the gotcha. Now, that being said, the gotcha is this, which is, um, this is actually really fascinating. David went over this in the .NET Conf Focus on Maui event. So I should point this out. I'll put a link to the, the keynote in there. Is the problem is that when new versions of iOS and Android come out, you need the latest stuff. Now here's, yes. the, here's the difference, Frank That's Kruger, the, eh? let's cover Let's cover the problem.
1: Let's cover the problem. We can't have two synchronization schedules. Apple's on one schedule, Microsoft's on another schedule, which means you, the person who's using both, is in a tough position. So what is David's solution? What is David's solution?
0: Now, I got to get to the point in the video in which it's there, but I'm about <laughs> 95% sure that David showed a slide, if I am correct here, that outlines... You weren't imagining it? <laughs> that outlines the roadmap, which is that that they will patch... Each version I mean, of .NET for 18 months with new versions of things, I think. Is that what he's saying? Okay. I think so.
1: So you're saying you have 18 months to upgrade your project to the next version of .NET. Which, yes. again, I'm saying is going to be a lot easier. So I'm not actually having a problem with that 18 month. Um, okay. I'm looking at it more coming from the Xamarin side of making the jump from Xamarin to .NET 6. That one's harder. Once, once you're on that side, you're, you're, you're good to go. Well, uh, well
0: Xamarin, Xamarin to .NET six, you have until May 2024, so you got yeah, uh, still got year a few and years. years. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh,
1: well, see, that's the problem. I'm waiting for thumbnail support, and I think they said that's not until .NET seven, .NET hmm. 7 has entered its infinite beta stage, and so I'm always going to be on a beta so that I can have that tooling so good good i sorry i don't want to detract from what (laughs) david did because that is the obvious solution you got to patch the old versions to Mm -hmm. include the new api so that's good and they are going to do that we can debate whether the 18 months is the right number or not but actually just off the top of my head it sounds fine to be thoroughly honest um i'm more concerned uh you know me Uh, the back patching is important but so is the uh, how quickly do you update? I want to make sure that they're still gonna release versions that match Apple as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think he said it in the thing, <laughs> but we'll find out, I guess, when it all happens. Because the nice thing is that, I mean, it's an interesting schedule because Android and iOS they kind of update differently. So he outlined it. I'll put a link to the the video, and really, it's just kind of going. Yeah. As we see what happens, and ideally, at the end of the day, for me at least, I will continue to update. Like as I'm just in the same mindset of updating my Visual Studio, updating .NET, and upgrading the thing. The difference here, and I'll say it, is that now you do get to pin your version of mm-hmm. yeah. .NET, right? So, like in you just said it previously, it says .NET six dash mac os or dash android dash ios which means that when.net 7 comes up you will have to upgrade like on before it was just like i'm updating xamarin and visual studio and like i hope nothing breaks you know what i mean like (laughs) that won't happen anymore like there's this huge advantage to this you do get to easily here's the cool part you do get to try out the betas and the previews without actually having to break your entire dev setup in theoretically you know what i mean to actually do this yeah. stuff, so it is a better system at the end of the day, even though it may, in the beginning, at least it's all brand new, still be kind of, you know, opaque as to how it will all work until things happen with .NET Seven and .NET Eight and .NET Nine, right? So it'd be fascinating.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad we had this talk because I was freaking out about the betas thing, but I I really have convinced myself that. I'm fearing that this terrible transition I've done, the Xamarin to .NET 6 transition, um, was going to be how everyone went. But you're right. It's going to be so smooth after that. I'm just going to change the 6 to a 7 and hope hope they didn't break any of the APIs. <laughs> um, th- that's always the problem with major versions. It always gives them permission to break major APIs. Stop it. Semver is the worst thing that's ever happened to software.
0: <laughs> exactly so
1: okay well i i'm glad we had this talk i'm I'm coming down off my cliff i still see it as betas all the way down (laughs) i'm just gonna accept it i'm just gonna accept it it's fine i like betas i do
0: everything will be okay frank and that (laughs) note that's gonna do for this week's podcast until next week with more awesome topics and a better microphone on my end next week when we're back in action um, will be another great episode of Merge Conflict. So until then, I'm Jay's Botsamagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.